to the Stress Reduce Fat Loss Podcast, where we teach and mentor you, the health and fitness professional, on how to holistically transform your client's body, health, and life. I'm one of your hosts, Ken Sylvan. Alongside me, you'll hear from Joe Arcos, Sarah Fennell, and Barrett Ozef. Each episode, you'll have a combination of us sharing our 70-plus years of combined knowledge and experience in the health and body transformation industry. Our goal is to help you expand your awareness of holistic transformations and teach you how to get deeper results for your clients. Let's jump into this episode. Welcome back to the Stress Reduce Fat Loss Podcast. You've got your host, Sarah Fennell, here, and my co-host, Ken Sylvan. Hello, Ken. Welcome to the episode. What's up? Not much, not much. Our topic today is a popular one. If you're anybody who's worked from a nutrition or holistic standpoint with a client, you've probably talked about digestive issues. Maybe if you don't, you've heard clients complain about digestive issues. I know that this is a big complaint from clients because it can be so uncomfortable, which is bloating. Bloating. Um, bloating can affect your mood. It can affect the way you feel and look in clothing. Obviously, there is a physical pain to it. Um, and it can be embarrassing sometimes. Let's say you're out and you eat and 20 minutes after eating, you get so, so, so bloated. It's it's very, very uncomfortable. So we want to chat about what bloating really is, uh, the four main causes of it, and uh, how you yourself or maybe working with clients can start to shift this negative effect that obviously nobody wants. Yeah, I had a client the other day say that when she was doing an assessment, she came in and she's like, you know, the, the worst thing is, Ken, is now that I'm back to work, she goes, I, I'm, I eat and then my stomach literally expands like another pant size and I'm in work gear. So I'm not wearing Lulu's like I was for the last year being at home. And it's so uncomfortable, embarrassing. I have to get up, walk to meetings. I don't want to. My shirt's sticking out because it's just, I literally dream about it every night, she said. So if you guys can help me with that, I'm, I'm all in. So that's, that's real stuff for people. It's not, it's yeah. not a joke. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I used to deal with bloating a lot in my early twenties and yeah, sometimes I would have to question what I wanted to wear. Cause if I was wearing a tight outfit, I'd be like, okay, well I, and that was back before I understood this information and didn't know what would cause me to bloat or what wouldn't. Um, but yeah, it can completely change the way your body looks within 20 minutes. Yeah, it's and it's 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 always bizarre for people like what kind of monsters inside of me that this happens. <laughs> and like she said, it does its own thing. Yes. It's not like I'm eating this Ken and this happens. It's just doing its own thing. I could eat nothing, I could eat something, and I'm like, all right, well, let's talk about why that is then. <laughs> yeah. And it's a situation where it feels like a balloon literally blows up inside of you. And it, it, it's not even about let's just tuck in the tuck tuck in my tummy and keep walking. It you can't, like can't. you physically can't. <laughs> You can't. Yeah. Not, not something you could pull. You can't pull this in. You can't. Yeah. Okay. So let's dive in. Let's first talk about really distinguishing what bloating is. Because I know, Ken, you've had a couple situations where someone was complaining that they were bloating, bloated, but it really wasn't bloating. Uh, and so what is bloating? Just so everyone listening here, we are all on the same page with this conversation. Yes. So bloating isn't just your stomach sticking out. I, I would say bloating is when we're having pressure. Uh, gas pressure from the inside. Okay, um, it's not just my stomach is sticking out on its own. I feel no discomfort. Um, a lot of people use bloating for that term, but I'd say bloating is something that is related to gas pressure, uncomfortability in the stomach region. Uh, sometimes sharp pain, sometimes not, but more of a pressure of a pushing out, almost an air in your stomach, a heavy feeling. That's more what bloating is. I, I would say for people. Mm -hmm, yeah. 
because that dis, uh, like distension of the stomach. Um, yeah, yeah. And, you know, people could have uh, adequate like fat tissue in that area that makes it look like it sticks out. That's not necessarily bloating. Um, women who have given birth, if they have that, um, what is that called, Ken, where the uh, abdominal uh, muscles just don't go back together? Uh, diastasis. Diastasis recti. Yeah, yeah. I probably just totally butchered that, that terminology there. But bang on. But yeah, there's that structural change that can have someone's stomach sticking out. That's not bloating. And so what we're talking about is something that this will come and go. Um, people can be chronically bloated, but they're usually not like gas pain bloated all the time. There's a there's a variation of what that bloating will do for them. That's right. Yeah. Usually it's an up and down. Happens sometimes. Uh, and then in extreme cases, we will have clients who are like all the time. And those people are horribly suffering, those people. But usually you're right. It's, it comes and it goes. Uh, throughout the day. Mm -hmm. So we'll get into the causes before we do. What are, what is your opinion on, let's say taking like a gas X or, uh, you know, running to shoppers drug mart or, uh, you know, a, a CVS and, and getting something uh, over the counter for bloating. Um, you know, I never, I never like to, you know, judge people and say, you shouldn't, you're bad you're this, you know, you never know someone's feeling and if they're in a place where they don't understand things and maybe the best Thing they can do in their mind to relieve this horrible feeling. Um, but I always remind them that it's, it's not what they're deficient. It's not the cause. So if you, unless you want to buy, you know, dividend stock in this company and start investing into it, <laughs> you're going to be buying that stuff all the time rather than if we can fix the situation, there's hopefully a time where you won't need to do that anymore. So I always like to get to the root cause of things. Uh, that way, like I said, you're, you're truly fixing things and not just kind of putting a blanket over it. So, yes. Yeah. You'll, you'll get rid of that symptom most likely instantly, but it will happen again if we're not taking away that, that trigger. That's right. And it'll show up a different way. That's one thing I've always realized. If you ignore what the body's telling you uh, or take something to just slam the symptom down, it'll come back and give you a, a bigger symptom to look at. Always mm -hmm. does. So mm -hmm. better to deal with it. Yeah. Well, we'll go through these causes here, but if you look at these causes and these factors are still in someone's life for a long period of time, I think if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you'll understand why these cascade into bigger uh, symptoms that show up and, and more uh, maybe disease markers and so forth, if we're not looking on rebalancing and, and healing the body. And so our first cause is meal timing. So how, where you are having your meals during your day. Ken, do you want to speak to meal timing uh, and what we mean by that? So uh, for many people, they don't look at uh, any kind of structure to their meals. Like, yeah, I'm fine. I get up, I eat at 10, I eat at nine, I eat at four, I eat at three, I eat at six. They're just eating whenever they do. But again, we're mammals and our body starts to get on a train and it starts to go, okay, I'm going to assume we're eating now. So if every day we eat at 10 for two months and then one day I eat at three, your body will feel very different. It's expecting something to have. So even the enzyme heightens at a certain time waiting for food to come if you're on a regular structured basis. So varying your meals as well can cause a lot of issues with digestion. If all of a sudden you're cramming your meals together, or all of a sudden you have big, massive gaps of six hours and you're wolfing down food. You know, your body is like empty. It's slowed down digestion, it's slowed down any process. And then you just throw a whack of food in there. It's like, oh my gosh, I gotta get working again. Okay, I'm not expecting to work right now. And we don't think our body is that way, but it is. It's, it's when am I expecting you to eat? It likes to know. As much as we were in this whole primal state or everything else, our body likes to know when it's getting food. 
Yeah. There's a, we've talked about the circadian rhythm of the body back in a previous podcast. And I think a really perfect example of this is if someone has a big meal at 11 o'clock at night and then goes to bed, you know, having that meal right before bed, you put a strain on, on your digestive system because it wants to shut down and it wants to slow down and it actually wants to detoxify throughout the evening. It doesn't want to, you know, turn on the fire and start digesting food and assimilating all that, uh, all those nutrients that you just took in. And so it's common. I see with people who eat late at night to have gas and bloating in the morning or even during the night. Yeah. The food. And I, I did a post about this and someone reached out and go, well, that, what are you saying? Your digestion just shuts off. I eat till 10 and I'm fine. I'm like, it isn't about your digestion shutting off like an engine, but the efficiency is different. So the efficiency of your digestion will be different. And the other part is not just efficiency, but over time. You know, remember, making someone work overtime isn't great. Their efficiency of work is less. Their mood is bad is less. So when our organs are doing overtime over years, and that's the problem. Most of us are thinking, we're always thinking now. Mm. We're not thinking 15, 20 years from now. 15, 20 years of overworking your digestion, things start to pop up, you know, yeah. things start to happen. Right. And that's what we're kind of looking at. So. Yes. Our second cause here is types of food. Um, so there are foods that will naturally cause more gas. Uh, some people, you got your broccolis, um, you know, your cruciferous vegetables, we'll call them, uh, are usually known to cause some gas and, um, and beans and so forth. And um, then we also have foods that cause a lot of inflammation and, and bloating within the system. And so um, chat about those two different categories in terms of the ones that are a little more, I'll call them like naturally gas causing as opposed to uh, the more harmful ones. Yeah, and some of us, some of us don't break down certain foods like fibers very well. We have to know our body and go, geez, like I had so many clients, I can't have raw broccoli. Just like my, my body just goes crazy, they say. So great, okay, step one. Uh, try steaming it. Nope, still gassy. Okay. Uh, try lightly boiling it. Nope. Okay. Try sauteing it. Oh, it's great. Okay. Great. Saute your broccoli. You know, finding that thing that works for them, they can still get the nutrients and not get away from it. We're going to have a lot of those things. And some of them aren't going to be regular. Like, I don't know. I had a client that every time she juiced kale, she was like three months pregnant. I'm like, okay, who, who would think kale is going to do it to someone, right? But it did. So learning to listen to your body and say, hmm, if foods are causing a lot of these issues, I don't want to tough through them. I want to listen to my body and take a step back and go, let me rotate different foods in and see if I feel better. Um, the other set of foods that are more inflammatory, you know, we call them our furious five, you know, the, the wheat, dairy, corn, soy, sugar. Um, for many people, I won't say every single person on the planet, there's always going to be those outliers that are seem to genetically pass them and fine. But Many people eat these, feel some sort of inflammation to their to their gut there. You know, they have some sort of damage to the gut. Um, and that's going to cause a lot of bloating as well. Because remember, it creates a mucusy, damp environment. And we, we don't want that. When our, when our internal system is cold and damp, we know, and we're going to talk about that in a couple of minutes, we could be growing other things, other, you know, other foreign invaders have a great environment to grow, like fungus and mold. So we want to keep our system not being damp all the time. You know, so that's, that's why I want to avoid those. Mm -hmm. Hello, fellow health junkie, Sarah here. I thought it would be a great opportunity for me to jump in and let you know about a free resource that we've created for you. We want to give you the number one protocol that all result-driven holistic coaches and practitioners give to get insane results with their clients. Results like easing digestive issues, 
increased physical and mental energy, accelerated weight loss, reduced inflammation weight, clearer, brighter skin, and a better sense of well-being. Go to www.transformationmentorship.ca forward slash start. Let us know your name and email address, and we'll send you a detailed manual explaining this protocol, how to coach your clients through this phase, food replacement lists, and client tools and resources so that you can get an action right away. Transformationmentorship.ca forward slash start. I've also left you a link in our show notes. Let's get back to the episode. Let's segue right into that conversation about the microbiome. Um, first, by premising that uh, a way to, uh, uh, sorry, a cause of bloating could be lower HCL levels or lower stomach acid levels, which causes food not to be broken down properly in the stomach. Then as it hits that small intestine, you have food that's not broken down. There's a putrefaction. And another word for putrefaction can be rotting. Um, especially meat, meat rotting in that gut or any other foods rotting in the gut is perfect breeding ground for uh, harmful bacteria, uh, pathogens, and so forth. Yeah, and what do they what do they release? A lot of bacteria will release methane and hydrogen when they're chewing away on stuff. You know, like they're releasing methane and hydrogen depending on the strain of bacteria, and that's that gas, that's that pressure we get in our stomach. And for a lot of people, but it's so instantaneous. I'm like, have you ever seen how fast bacteria multiply? They are make fruit flies seem like nothing. They're like, you know, if you have food not being broken down and they're feeding on that new food comes in, they're going to have like a huge pushback, um, not only in their growth, but also in their release of methane and hydrogen. So that's, that's a big part of the gas that people are going to feel in that instant volume in the stomach, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah, because if you look at, uh, and when I say microbiome, I mean, all the living critters that are within our gut. And there are numerous different strains. And if anybody has heard anything about uh, gut health or probiotics, you may have heard the terms, you know, we got good guys and we got bad guys, many different names for those quote unquote, good guys and bad guys. And we're not just talking about, let's say a parasite infection, you know, a balance between those good guys and bad guys are that there are good bacteria that are really working for us, helping us break down our food, helping give us energy, assimilate uh, those nutrients. And then you have those opportunistic bacteria where they're probably not causing any harm if you got a really good gut bacteria uh, flora. But if things start going wrong and you start some of these, you know, causes for bloating start to creep up into your schedule or its stomach acid is low or stress is too high. This is when these bacteria have an opportunity to go after food that's not properly being broken down. And bacteria, just like humans, you know, we need to eat, we need to excrete, um, and we need to breathe. And that is what happens with these bacteria as well in this microbiome. They intake food, they excrete um, waste that they don't need. And that waste can, like what you're talking about, is methane and hydrogen. And even for some of these guys, it also could be toxins. We're not going to get on a tangent, but if they're releasing toxins sometimes, that's also dissolving our gut wall. And that's a whole different segue. We won't go there, but that's another issue that people can have. Um, but yeah, you know, as you said, it stress can lower stomach acid. Um, cause remember if you're hunting me down, I don't need to digest food. So that's a chronic thing that's happening. Um, that's where everything starts to change. That's where food sits longer. That's where pathogens can grow. Uh, we want stomach acid cause not only is it good for digesting food, it's our first line of defense. It's like small intestine is where the farmers are. That's where the I call our bacteria. They're the farmers and the scientists. They're making things. They're making neurotransmitters. That's not where the warriors are. The warriors are in the colon. They're the ones that are ready to battle. So 
if weird pathogens are getting into small intestine because the stomach acid's not there, it's like open season. Like, oh, no one's here to stop us. We're going to just, you know, grow a cartel worth of God knows what in here. (laughs) Yeah. Um, that's why testing HCL levels or stomach acid, uh, interchangeable words there, is part of our assessment process for the transformation mentorship and becoming certified as a stress-reduced fat loss practitioner. Because if this stomach acid isn't high enough, not just bloating, there's a cascade of other effects that can happen with that. But that's that first land of food from the mouth lands in that stomach. And if it's not working properly, there is impaired digestion all the way down from there. Yeah. And we see different correlations with People with low stomach acid also have higher chance of rheumatoid arthritis, higher chance of eczema and psoriasis. So all these correlations we see with people uh, with low stomach acid. So it's it's, it's a lot of offshoots there. Mm -hmm. Our last fourth cause of bloating here is stress. Um, and you know, a couple of minutes ago, you were talking about, uh, fight or flight and survival and, you know, running from a, I don't know what you said, a tiger or something, you know, when that, those fight or flight mechanisms come on that rest and digest part of the nervous system is not up and firing properly. And so really looking at, uh, our stress levels. And when we say stress, what do we mean by that, Ken? Anything that makes the body have to work harder. I think. In North America, stress, we talked about it before, it's such a negative connotation. Somehow it means weakness. So none of us are ever stressed. But, you know, being busy, rushing around all the time, your body doesn't know you're having a great time. It just knows you're rushing. You know, uh, electronics, you know, in your back pocket, your cell phone in your back pocket, you know, uh, drinking tap water, surgeries and injuries. These are all different things that make the body have to work harder. Uh, and if they're chronically happening, then stress hormone is going to be elevated. Mm-hmm. And that's when our body is going to have issues with digestion again. It's like, I don't, not only is stomach acid going to be lower, I don't need to digest well, I don't need to poop well. Like all these things are going to get modulated. I want to say shut down, you know, instantly constipated, but they're not going to be as efficient as they should because the body's getting mixed signals. It's like, I think Sarah wants to chop someone's head off, but she's eating right now. I don't understand. Let's just slow it down. It just becomes a degraded effect and efficiency, right? So, yes, yeah. And with chronic stress happening in our society, which has been happening for for decades and just such an accumulation of it, I think a lot of people don't even realize the stress that is in their life that they've just become, you know, immune to, or it's just it's just normal for them. And the way that I look at stress is: is there anywhere in your life where you feel under pressure? pressure for time, pressure for deadlines, pressure for conversation, pressure for, we'll say finances, you know, all these different areas of our life that we must uphold responsibilities for. Do you feel like you have an over, you know, weighted amount of pressure on you? That That is a sign of stress. If we're not taking the time to sit down and actually eat, if we're always on the go, if we're feeling pressed for time, that stimulates the nervous system into that fight or flight and, and not in that dust, rest, digest, heal and repair phase. Um, and so even doing that little check with yourself, like, are you under pressure anywhere in your life? And, and really, what is this doing to my nervous system? A lot of times we don't even see that until we don't have a day like that, you know, or you change your day and go this morning, you know, I don't know. Maybe your son or daughter, you know, is sick and stays home from school and you stay home. And all of a sudden you're like, wow, so relaxed. And you realize, but I love my job. I love driving them to school. And you're like, you don't realize how that pace, stress doesn't have to be negative. It just has to be, yeah. you know, that busy, that busy bee kind of mentality that we're so proud of. Right. So, yes. um, and, and I think once you don't have it, you realize, oh, okay, I need to change this then. I need to, maybe I could do without some of this every day. It adds up, right? 
Yeah. And like what you said there, it adds up of all the responsibilities or to do's or priorities that are in our life. And Joe and I really noticed this a couple of years ago uh, because he has two kids and we do a week on and a week off at a time. Very different pace with the kids here versus not here. Um, just more running around, you know, two extra bodies to take care of and humans to yep. to care for, right? And so extra things on the plate. And over yep. the years, we've been looking at how do we create ease within the week with the kids? How do we be more organized? How do we really look at deadlines and structures and really what is on the plate that week um, that is priority and that isn't? Um, because the more things you need to add to your schedule, as soon as you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else. Always. Like that. Yeah. Like that. Like <laughs> you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else. And so if you're saying yes to this other thing and it's taking away maybe time or relaxation or repair or, you know, moving your body or meal prepping, you know, you have to look at what is that cause and effect to that yes that I said or that no that I said. Yeah, that's, that's a great point. You know, that's the very well said. That was like a mic drop there. So I'm not going to try and, and say anything after that and squeak in there. I'm going to let you own that. Own that. So it's just I'm going to own it. <laughs> I love it. As we wrap up the podcast here, I want to chat about our stress reduced fat loss uh, practitioner certification a little bit. I know you've been hearing us chat about it through the episodes. Uh, it's what we're passionate about. It's what we do. We want to certify trainers, nutritionists, holistic practitioners to be stress reduced fat loss coaches and practitioners to be able to assess the body, understand where these imbalances are, where that lack of homeostasis or where that stress is in the body and how to bring the body back to a state of health and vitality so that you can have the more energy that you want or the weight loss that you want or the stronger lifts if someone's in, into heavy lifting or those digestive complaints gone. Uh, and that's what vitality really is, is that it's that pure stressless, blissful state of the body that is our God-given right uh, for everybody. And I think so much of us have lost touch with exactly what that means. And so our next mentorship is starting March 28th. We are restructuring right now. Um, you may have heard us talk about it being a 12-week course and starting on February 28th. We've shifted that up because we're making it six months. We want to spend more time with you with case studies. This is a mentorship. Um, and so we're restructuring to help the students experience a lot more and really excited for how this is unfolding for 2022. Uh, so transformationmentorship.ca, if you're interested in more information, what the certification is all about, how it's structured, and what you will get on the other side of the course, transformationmentorship.ca, or grab the show notes there, um, and I've left a link for you as well. Thank you very much, Ken. Great conversation. Um, so many tidbits I know that people will take away from if they are having bloating or if they're having their clients, um, you know, with those bloating issues. Look at that meal timing. Really look at the foods the client is eating or you're eating. Check those HCL or stomach acid levels. And then really be mindful of the stress and the pressure that you're under uh, in life. All of those. Sometimes we think it's just food because we witness it after we eat something. But if there are all these other factors involved as well, it might not just be the food. Well said. Well, you know, digestion is something we live with every second of the day. So it's not something we can ignore. It's not something we should ignore. It's our probably our first stance in how well we're doing in life. So take a focus on it, people. <laughs> Wonderful. We'll see everyone on the next episode. Thank you so much for joining us here on this episode today. Let's hang out over on Instagram at Transformation Mentorship. And better yet, take a screenshot of this episode upload it to stories, tag us, and let us know what you loved about the episode. We'll see you next time.